Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors won their rematch against Miami by a score of 101-81. to And first off, this is where you really appreciate the two-game home-and-home series and things like that because you get a chance to avenge that loss because the Raptors were not happy after that first loss to Miami, right? Um, Nick Nurse was noticeably still pissed. I think he was still pissed. Um, He was seemed like he was in a better mood in practice yesterday. And then today, pregame, looked pissed, looked edgy. Postgame was still pissed, still edgy. And you could tell, like, he... Definitely tore into this group. He definitely let them know that uh, what they showed in uh, the first game against Miami was unacceptable. The way they capitulated in the fourth quarter against the zone defense. You could tell the Raptors rehearsed. And this is great because you can actually go back and scheme and plan for some of these things. And the Raptors came out much more prepared, much more together and honestly just a much better effort so much of sports comes down to effort man and listen nothing's going to motivate you more than after you lose to the team two nights prior they come to your house or i guess your temporary house they come to your airbnb that's where the raptors are essentially playing the season they come to your airbnb and then they just you know treat the place like it's their own and they come away with the win and they punk you despite the fact that they're short rostered well this time around still no jimmy butler still no tally heroes you know some other guys missing the Raptors this time, no Kyle Lowry. He had a toe injury that apparently had a toe infection. And that sounds nasty, to be honest. Hopefully, he's going to be okay. Seems like he's going to be fine for Sunday. But no Kyle Lowry this time. But the Raptors came out with such a better effort defensively. Um, you know, all those plays that Miami was getting, you know, those little cuts, you know, dribble handoffs, uh, split cuts, you know, guys, um, you know, their, their bigs like to play keeper with the ball. And, and instead of dribbling it and, and passing it off, they like to take it to the rim. You know, Duncan Robinson doing his little Jimmy Neutron stuff. And, you know, it's it's too much. It's too much. The Raptors needed to get way better defensively than what they showed against Miami that first game. And they did it tonight. They took all that easy stuff off the table. And so all of a sudden, there's no like, oh, man, here's like a dozen points from Kelly Olenek. There's not like, oh, uh, you know, Goran Dragic is going to get to the rim at will. You know, Kendrick Nunn still got his. And, and honestly, he, he had some impressive buckets. But the rest of the guys were going to get easy looks. You know, and the Raptors just across the board defended way better. And I love this game from them because you want to see that fight. You want to see that spirit. And it would have been absolutely terrible if the Raptors came out against Miami and did the same stuff. Right? You want to see the fight in, 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 in this team, in this group. And the Raptors showed it. They absolutely showed it tonight. They were um, they were just so much more solid defensively. And honestly, in the first quarter, the Raptors were also red hot offensively. And that is largely why the Raptors were in control of this game. Is because the Raptors came out shooting like 8 of 10 from 3. They won the third quarter 37 to 20. And you got to give Norman Powell a lot of credit. And, and listen, Norm has taken a lot of flack, especially on this podcast. And you see it everywhere. You know, the, the mistakes, especially when you're losing are going to hurt, 
a lot, right? But at the same time, uh, you got to give him tons of credit because this was one of his best games of the season where he gets in the starting lineup. And as usual, when Norman Powell starts, he's a different player. And so that's why I'm always not as worried as I should be when Kyle's out or, you know, Fred has played all season, but if Fred were to miss a game, I'm not as wor- worried or, or even when Pascal was out of the lineup against the Knicks, Norm came in and started. I'm not as worried because Norm always performs with the starters. I think it really comes down to um, his role is really, really amplified because he's so good at playing on the catch, whether that's catch and shoot for three, whether that's catch, drive, dribble, take two hard dribbles, get to the paint. He's so much better at that, especially when there's better playmakers around him. And obviously the starting lineup is going to have better playmakers in the bench. Um, But yeah, Norm came out and he set the tone for the Raptors. 12 points in the first quarter, hit two threes. Uh, hit a mid-range uh, stop and pop kind of uh, two and then got to the uh, rim for two layups. Perfect what you want from Norm. That's an absolutely perfect outing from Norm. But Norm was giving you his offense. OG was hitting corner threes. His release looks so smooth, so quick these days. And I'll get to OG in a second because he had a phenomenal game. Uh, Pascal wasn't as bottled up by the Heat's defense, and he was also making good plays elsewhere. The five assists tonight from Pascal were nice. I think when Kyle's out, Pascal takes on more of a playmaking responsibility. He always has a playmaking responsibility, but sometimes it's sort of like, here, go get a bucket. Whereas, you know, when Kyle's out, Pascal does need to set up other guys, and I thought he did a good job of that. And even Fred came out with a really strong effort. And Baines, Baines came out with a really strong effort. Again, Baines has also taken a ton of flack because, honestly, his production has just been bad. He's just been bad. Okay, but today he played 23 minutes. That's got to be a season high for him. And he did a really good job defending Bam Adebayo. I mean, Bam had 14 points on 6 of 13 shooting for an all-star who is undeniably the team's best player, especially when Jimmy Butler's out. You, you, you're going to need more from them. But I thought Baines did a really good job of bodying him up, chesting him. The fact that Bam even hit a couple of mid-range jumpers, you know, very contested over Baines, um was impressive on its own right now. You know, that shows you the kind of talent Bam has. But realistically, Bam did not have that kind of effort. And I thought Baines was really good. His activity was good. Two steals, two blocks. He was good. And the Raptors just started strong. Now, of course, there were uh, nervous moments throughout the game. The Raptors' offense in the second and third quarter, not pretty. 19 points in the second quarter, 17 in the third quarter. Part of that was Miami went to their zone. Now, of course, Miami used their zone to incredible effect in the fourth quarter against Toronto, I think Toronto, what, what did they have? Like, they had, like, two points in the first, like, seven minutes of the, of the fourth quarter the other night. And, of course, they lost because of that. And also, they played, like, trash on, def- on defense. So, this time around, Miami goes to the zone early. And, you know, I know Nick spent tons of time in practice working on the zone. Because, I mean, come on. he's It's obvious. Why would you not work on the zone after the Miami zone? was so effective the other night. So the Raptors rehearsed the zone, and yet, when it came time to play, results were still very sloppy. I, I, there's no other way to say it other than results were still very sloppy. Um, the Raptors, you know, there were, you know, uh, it, it just turned the ball over a lot. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I think, honestly, the Raptors offensively, in terms of when they got shots off, were rather efficient. You really can't knock them for their efficiency tonight. On, in terms of their shooting percentages. I mean, you're looking at 46% from the field, which is fine. Uh, 42% from three, which is really good. You know, all that stuff is good. Even 12 offensive rebounds, you know, out-rebounding the Heat, which is rare. I would say the Heat are a bigger and more physical team. But 
um, it's the 21 turnovers that killed the Raptors. And there was a stretch there in the second quarter where it was just so many empty possessions where the Raptors were trying to play into the zone, through the zone, and it just wasn't working. And I was thinking, oh my God, is this going to happen again? After you guys practice this, spent so much time practicing this, what are you going to do against this zone other than Terrence Davis just throwing bad passes into the middle of the zone and leading to runouts and stuff like that? Now, the Raptors eventually fixed that up. They, 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 they patched it all together. They got some, you know, offense here or there to break it up. And they kept, you know, in pace, in, in stride with Miami for the most part. You know, they, they had the early 17-point lead after the first quarter. They got that lead up to 21. And they kind of just, like, played it even, uh, generally speaking, until midway through the third quarter where it got real ugly. The Raptors started the f- third quarter really, really bad on offense. They were missing a lot of shots. Their defense was actually okay, I thought, but um, it, it was it was very tough. The Raptors um, just got into the uh, you know <laughs> classic Raptors. They got stuck on a number. They always get stuck on a number, and um, for the Raptors tonight, uh, you know they they were stuck on sixty one points. They they came into halftime fifty six points. Um, you know they uh, they got a three from OG, make it fifty nine. Then Fred made a little short jumper for 61 points. And then they were stuck on 61 points for four minutes. And that's where Miami got, uh, you know, into their run. Some of those were turnovers. The Raptors were, you know, giving up some transition points. Some of it was just Miami was playing better offensively. And the Raptors were sort of letting their, you know, foot off the gas pedal defensively after they were struggling so much offensively. But all of a sudden, the Raptors had the 17-point lead up to a 21-point lead. And it became tied at 61-61 after Gabe Vincent beat um, Fred VanVleet, you know, straight to the basket for a layup. And during the stretch, uh, you know, the, the Raptors did call timeout, but I, I thought it was a little bit late. You know, uh, Nick called timeout, you know, 7 minute 30 mark, usual time where you would normally call a timeout in terms of pacing and things like that. Um but yeah, it was it, it felt a little late, especially with the Raptors' lead slipping, and of course them getting so many empty possessions. But the way the Raptors responded from that point on, when it was sixty-one, sixty-one, um, it, it was admirable to see. It was admirable because Norman Powell, after the game was tied sixty-one to sixty-one, he takes the ball under his arm, drives it right at Bam Adebayo at the rim, and beats him at the rim for a layup. That is not easy to do. And that takes some courage, that takes some talent, that takes some athleticism. And Norm, you know, finally breaks that 61 mark, 61-63. The Heat take timeout. After that timeout, it's all Raptors. The Raptors, from the 61-61 mark, outscored the Heat 32-12 to over the next, basically, you know, uh, 12 minutes to, um, to, to seize control of the game, to take control. And you could say, well, you know, maybe Miami kind of ran out of gas, you know, this or that, whatever, but... Uh, whatever it is, the Raptors made this run, and they were looking really good. I thought the Raptors, first off, when it was tied 61-61, you know, they, it looked like they were going to you know, lose control of the game. They completely reassert themselves with a 12 nothing run by the Raptors. And A, it starts on defense. You don't make a run without playing defense. Raptors played great defense. There were a couple of missed threes, you know, on that stretch. You know, Andre Godala, you know, had some open looks, you know, um, you know, a couple of other guys, you know, you know, missed some shots. Kelly Olenek, you know, yeah, Dragic, you know, missed a three or stuff like that. But the Raptors, generally speaking, did a really good job pressuring on defense. And offensively, they just, they played off of that defense. And they, and they it kind of just, 
you know, field what they're doing offensively. Yes, they had some lucky shots. Like OJ Anobi had a 26 foot step back to beat the buzzer. Uh, after with some heavy contests, you know, a classic uh, I don't shoot trying to miss moment, but it was also some very smart play because, you know, if Pascal's on the floor, he would drive, two two guys would come to him, three guys would come to him, he would dish it out to Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher hits the three, um, you know, Norm, you know, uh, getting into the lane, hitting a little floater for a little jumper. Um, I just love that response to the Raptors. It was, it showed so much of what they're about, so much, so much of their toughness. And um, they honestly, they made they made it happen. Like they they took that game that was slipping out of their hands, and they took control of it. And I think defensively, that's where it's most impressive because this time around, it was Miami who scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. The Raptors did a really good job guarding everybody. Pretty much the only guy I remember scoring in the fourth quarter was you know Kendrick Nunn, who honestly had some very very tough buckets, and he's on a tear of late. So good for him. But he was also a minus 27 in, in 39 minutes. So how good was he really? Uh, especially on the defensive end. But, you know, Raptors really turned it around. And I, I thought there was such a gritty effort by the Raptors. And I thought defensively, they just played like they were pissed off. Like they, they had something to come back for. And that's exactly what they did. They had something to come back for. This is what happens when you lose the first game. You're really motivated to go win the second game. And um, I love the response. I love the fact that throughout the game, the Raptors did struggle with the zone. And I think if you look at the overall numbers, I don't have them, but... If you look at the overall numbers, the Raptors probably still graded out as below average against the zone. However, if you just look at how the plays developed and how the uh, and what the Raptors were trying to do against the zone, it was clear that they worked on it. There was a lot more of a coherence in terms of a lot more of a strategy in terms of how the Raptors are going to approach it. They knew the zone was coming. Obviously, you can anticipate that. And the Raptors just did a much better job of, of, of playing against it. You know, one play, for example, Fred VanVleet was inbounding the ball from from uh, the baseline, Miami's baseline. And uh, after inbounding the ball, he immediately darts to the corner around a little down screen. I forget who set the screen. And then uh, gets the pass right back to the corner, and he hits the three. That's some classic stuff right there to beat a zone. Because if you do set a screen off the ball, and if it's quick and catches the defense off, off guard, there's going to be an advantage that you're going to create. And and Fred got the three there. Um, I thought Stanley Johnson, of all people, really came in and beat the zone. Um, of course, you know, Stanley has not had a reputation as a shooter necessarily, but this season Stanley has really uh, been been a pleasant surprise with this three-point shooting. Of course, he believes that he's a confident three-point shooter. It's just the overall stats for his career is still under 30%. But Stanley hit an important corner three. Stanley's up to uh, eight for 17 from three on the season. So that's close to 50%. And that was a heavily contested three, late shot clock situation, ball rotated to Stanley, close out, everything like that. And and Stanley still switched that. Uh, that was awesome to see. Another play where, um, you know, Chris Boucher made a cut behind the defense. And that's something that the Raptors were not doing enough of in that first game when they were playing against the zone was just cutting, like cut, move against the zone, right? Like, you know, as Stanley explained uh, post game, you know, when you play zone, you're guarding an area, and when guys cut and cut through and make move and, and actually move and move in a strategic way and a in a rehearsed and coordinated way, there are going to be gaps, especially. And in that situation, both guys are looking at Stanley, look who had the ball up top, and Stanley threw a pass over the defense for Chris Boucher for a dunk. So there were actual things that the Raptors did against the zone that weren't just like let's rush the offense. And jack up a shot. You know, there were still issues for sure. I thought Fred held the ball a few too many times. You know, I thought TD, I mean, five turnovers in 17 minutes, like, 
you know, come on. It's a point guard. That's, that's unacceptable. Um, but, you know, the Raptors did a better job against the zone. And, and I thought, um, yeah, I just, I love the response by the team. Um, you know, I, I said I would talk about OG earlier. And absolutely, OG is someone that I'm going to come I came away with this game so impressed with the way he played. Um, I think defensively, obviously, we all know what OG can do. He's such a, such a, such a dominant player there. And every single time, no matter who he was guarding on the Heat, I would be, I would feel thrilled when it was OG on the on the ball. And most times, the Heat would just swing the ball because you know whether it was Duncan Robinson, right? The, the and like and OG spent a lot of time guarding Duncan. That's not even what OG's best at in terms of guarding around screens. I remember in his rookie year, like guys like Bradley Beal would just kind of torch him a little bit on the screens because you know at that time he's obviously younger. The footwork wasn't totally there. The strength to get through all these picks wasn't fully there. Uh, of course, you know, uh, the experience gap was bigger then than it is now. But, um, or at least relatively. But, um, yeah, now he was guarding Duncan Robinson. Of course, Duncan is not Bradley Beal. But holding Duncan Robinson to only eight field goal attempts in 34 minutes when he is clearly one of the main options on the Heat with them being shorthanded without Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, that shows you great defense. That absolutely shows you great defense. And especially when you consider Duncan Robinson slapping, grabbing people, you know, like pushing off, you know, all the sly stuff that all good shooters do, um, all that other stuff, you know, I thought OG absorbed it. I thought, honestly, other guys guarding him, you know, Norm, Fred also did a good job against um, Duncan, but OG, you know, switching as well, guarding pretty much all the positions out there, playing great. And we all know that he can do that every night defensively for you. But off offensively, I, I really love this game from OG. Obviously, he's been on fire from three. He was five of six from three tonight, including a, a sidestep three to beat the the, the the closeout, a wild closeout. He sidesteps uh, and into a three. And then another one where he's late shot clock situation, also sidesteps into a three on the wing, two corner threes to start. Um, you know, it, the shot looks much smoother. The shot looks quicker. The release looks quicker. I don't know if it looks that different, but... Definitely looks really, really smooth in terms of where he's shooting it. Um, you know, and I think uh, the results kind of speak for themselves. The last six games, OG is 22 for 37 from three. Like, that's amazing. That's almost 60% from three for OG. And he's obviously in a really nice rhythm. He's looking for his offense. He's relocating well. And that's one of the things that OG has done quietly this season is that, you know, he's not changing his game. Like, he's not playing differently fundamentally. Yes, he will drive once in a while, and today his drives kind of went nowhere. Um, you know, he, he lost his balance on one of them, and he took another one for an offensive foul. Um, but what OG's been able to do this year is he's subtly bumped his scoring. He's, he, he was 10 points per game last year, 10.6. Now he's almost at 14 points per game this season. And some of that comes from playing, you know, an additional five minutes per game. But the other thing is he's just taking more threes. Um, he went from taking three threes a game last season. Now he's at over six attempts per game this year. And he's um, done so despite the fact that or he's he's maintained that volume of threes while also shooting the same efficiency. Um, last year he was at 39%. This year, uh, coming into this game, he was at 38%. And he was five or six today. So he's going to be over 39% again. Um Oh, sorry, he was at 38%, yeah, so he's going to be probably close to 40, if not over 40 tonight. Um, you know, OG is, uh, he's doing really well in his role, man. Of course, you know, you got the the, the, the steal for a run out, things like that. Um, he, he's fantastic, man, he's fantastic. And of course, some of those threes were on pretty high pressure moments. You know, not in the fourth quarter, not like a game-winning 0.5 second three, none of that stuff, but... 
Um, you could tell this guy, this guy was not phased. He was eager to be in the offense and he played his role quite well. Um, you know, Baines, I thought he did quite well in his role. Again, I mentioned it in the first game. It was impressive to me how he guarded Bam in the one-on-one matchup. That was not a problem for him. And that's so rare to see because Bam is such a problem for most centers, but Baines played him so physically, you know, Bam uses his quickness a little bit and he has more length than Baines, but in terms of strength, Baines is stronger than Adebayo, which is unbelievable actually Adebayo is like a superhuman um but yeah Baines you know was like a brick wall essentially and, and seeing Bam be frustrated by, by by Baines was great Baines also had a he skied for a block against um Kelly Olenek Olenek looked wide open for a layup and it was almost like one of those Chris Boucher things where it was like nah that, that shot's that shot's going in and it's always like wait how did he block that shot and it came from Baines obviously right the, the athleticism is not necessarily what you associate with this game um, but you know he hit a three from the top. I still think he's awkward offensively, and it wasn't. He was definitely the worst starter of the five tonight for the Raptors. But he did his role quite well. He got 23 minutes tonight. Got five offensive rebounds all in the first half. He was active, blocking shots, disrupting. You know he's finding his rhythm a little bit more, especially when the defense when when he's asked to drop on defense. Um, he's done a lot better, and even occasionally when he's pressured on the perimeter, he's done well. So he's slowly, slowly coming along. Not too. I'm not getting too excited about it, but, um, but yeah, he was he was solid. Honestly, this is a game where the Raptors starters carried them through. The Raptors bench didn't give them that much. Chris Boucher, you know, just similar to the first game, you know, the, between the Heat zone and the, the way the, the the Heat were kind of shutting down the pick and roll, there was not a lot of opportunities for Boucher. Uh, not, none to crash the offensive glass. Very little transition stuff like that. So um, Boucher was limited. Um, you know. Stanley came in, hit his three, and had three assists, which is great. But, you know, he was limited. Malachi Flynn hit a three after hitting an air ball, after shooting an air ball late in the game. But he shot the next shot, and it was a three. And it was way harder of a shot. Weird weird player so far. But he had three assists. You know, he was in to handle against the zone. And then Terrence Davis was there. He scored 12 points. And that was the majority of the bench's scoring. But he also made a ton of mistakes out there in terms of his reads. And that five turnovers in 17 minutes is an ugly number. So, really, it was the starters who, who really carried the Raptors through. But, um, you know, I, I like the way they approached this game. I think Nick was definitely pissed off. And I think, honestly, his whole all the players were pissed off, too. And, you know, I, I like that kind of effort and fight. Again, you probably expect to beat Miami when Miami short Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. And that's probably what made the last loss so disappointing, especially in the embarrassing way they lost in the fourth quarter when they went ice cold. The Raptors tonight, they went cold again, and there will be a stretch every single game because the Raptors don't have that go-to scorer who's going to break the streak and give you that response to, to take over that Kawhi Leonard against Milwaukee in Game 5. You know, you're down, two pull-out threes right in, you know, Brooke Lopez's eye, and all of a sudden you have momentum. You don't have that kind of player. You just don't. But the Raptors have that kind of fight still, and I, and I like the Raptors' fight tonight when the Heat took it to an even game to erase a 21-point deficit, 61 all. The Raptors immediately went back and reestablished a 20-point lead. And I love that. And honestly, I can't have said this already, but Pascal had a really nice game. Um, and there were moments tonight, you know, in terms of, like, um, you know, he missed back-to-back free throws or uh, in transition a few times. You know, it seemed like he kind of messed up the read a little bit. The Heat were really sitting on his Euro step, and, and Pascal was kind of driving into them and, and getting called for charges. That happens. But I loved his overall game tonight. This was much more um, like his like 2019 season where, um, you know, I thought the play of the game for me from Pascal was he uh, raced out, 
left his feet, closed out on the corner three attempt from Kelly Olenek. Olenek ended up missing. And after he landed, Pascal was past his own baseline. And the entire game is ahead of him. And Pascal just puts his head down and sprints. And he literally beats every single player, all right? All nine other players, he beats all of them down the floor for for a catch and transition. He gets fouled, um, and he actually didn't shoot free throws for some reason, but he should have. He was right at the rim. Uh, but not, what else is new? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I thought that athleticism and that energy from Pascal was was much needed. He had a, he had a tip dunk off an offensive rebound. He had five offensive rebounds tonight, 14 rebounds overall to lead the Raptors. That was great. And this is funny because... All these things in terms of like physical exertion and things like that. Well, I mean, Pascal was supposed to be questionable for this game. He didn't practice last, uh, you know, last uh, practice because he, uh, you know, obviously aggravated the groin injury in the first um, loss of the Heat. Uh, and tonight, you know, Pascal, you can tell, <laughs> you can tell. If anything, he seemed much fresher. Maybe the night, the day off helped him a little bit there, but. Um, yeah, he was much better, and, and, you know, he got his offense where he could. Didn't really force it too much. You know, again, a lot of times that he was sending extra bodies at him, he did a better job distributing. This is one of those games where Pascal could have easily had, like, eight or nine assists. A lot of guys were missing shots off his passes, but overall, the five assists is kind of nice. And, yeah, a 15-14-5 f- effort from Pascal, you know, look, I think to compare him to Bam is kind of fair. Um, they... Different types of players, but kind of similar parts in their career arc and things like that. And I thought Bam clearly did more to contribute to his team in the Miami's win, uh, even though he wasn't scoring that much. You know, he did other things like screen, you know, boxed out, you know, did a really good job defensively, you know, was forcing teams to foul him, stuff like that, drawing extra attention. Tonight, total opposite. I thought Pascal dominated the game with his physicality. Uh, Bam was much more neutralized, and Pascal was able to set up his teammates and set the tone for his team. So I, I like the way Pascal played tonight. I also think that whenever Kyle was out, you know, when Kyle was out earlier this season against Sacramento, and Kyle was out uh, for an extended stretch last season when he had the ankle injury, Pascal takes on more of a playmaking responsibility, and it's less so like just like, yo, here's the ball, go go try to finish, and, and it's more of a more cerebral game from Pascal, and I thought he played he, he played his role pretty well tonight. So... Solid win all around. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, definitely would recommend watching this one over the first one. It's one of those rare instances where the sequel is better than the prequel. Um, you know, kind of like, I mean, honestly, the only time that's really happened is Lord of the Rings. Um, Two Towers, way better than The Fellowship. Um, but anyway, in terms of your three stars tonight, first star, I'm giving that to OJ Anobi. 21 points, four rebounds, and assists, two steals, eight of 12 from the field, five of six from three. Um, I, I love this game from OG, man. The confidence is so good there. He is, um, you know, obviously thriving in his role. He's not reinventing his role. He's still in the 3 and D role, but he's making such a big impact, man. And he's having another step in his career. Like, again, if you were going to talk about his progression, right, last season he finally becomes, you know, an, an entrenched starter. Obviously, his sophomore year was was derailed, and he had the appendectomy, didn't even play in the playoffs. First year, he was a rookie. He did start, but, you know, it's kind of only there for his defense. And slowly you're seeing the offense come along, man. I mean, he's this is already his third 20-point game of the season. It's only been 15 games. Um, he's averaging close to – he's averaging 14 points per game now, which is pretty good, man. He went from 6 points to 7 points to 10.6 points to 14 points. Like, he's growing more into his role. And when he can kind of convert more of those drives, I think he can really, really round up and even, uh, you know, tick that up even further. 
Although he really does have to avoid those charges, man. People always uh, just flop against him because he's so strong. But um, OG played well tonight, man, really well. So he gets the first star. Second star, giving that to Norm, um, I think much deserved. 23 points, 3 rebounds, 10 of 18 shooting, 3 of 10 from 3. He missed like 2 or 3 pretty good setups from Pascal um, later on in the game that honestly didn't really matter as much. He had a really efficient outing offensively. I thought he played really well, spaced the floor well. Uh, was aggressive when he needed to be. I think when the Raptors were, you know, tied at 61 in that pivotal moment, Norm was the one who took it inside against Bam for the layup, and that's that was important. I thought Norm was much better defensively tonight as well. He was much more focused, and so was the team. But when Norm plays good defense, um, it's so appreciated because a lot of times he does switch off defensively and he gives up mistakes that you wouldn't expect from a veteran. Uh, tonight he was very very solid on both ends of the floor. So you got to give Norm total props. And then third star, man, I really wanted to give it to Baines. I really want to for his 3.6 rebound, one assist, two steals, two blocks with a three performance. Uh, I thought he was, honestly, I thought, you know, this was his best game of the season, but it's got to go to Pascal, man. 15 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, a steal, six of 12 from the field, one of three from three, um, two of four from the free throw line. You know, small nitpicks here and there, but Pascal played his role quite well. And um, I'm happy that he only played 33 minutes, too, because honestly, that, that that groin thing doesn't sound good, man. I mean, you don't want a, a lingering groin injury. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't sound pleasant. <laughs> I, you know, so. In terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, that once again goes to Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, uh, 22 points in 39 minutes. He was a minus 27, which is strange, but he made a couple of really tough baskets. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, he yeah. I mean, there's some, someone's got to take the shots. He took the shots. He did well, so good for him. Um... Yeah, you know, in terms of other things, uh, as I mentioned, Kyle didn't play in this game. He uh, had to go treat his infected toe, which, again, sounds super nasty. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, Kyle, he's uh, closing out on 10,000 points, so I'm hoping to see that soon. The Raptors play the Indiana Pacers on Sunday. The game, if you haven't already known, if you had it marked in your calendars previously, please go check it. It's been updated to a 1 p.m. Eastern start. Um, so it'll be early. Um, the Raptors will be hosting uh, Nate Bjorkgren, who will be returning um, to face the Raptors after, obviously, he was an assistant coach of the Raptors. Him and Nick go back way, 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 way back. Um, you know, when Nick was, like, a star player at, uh, it's you know, somewhere in Iowa, wherever he was from. Um, Carroll, Iowa, or something like that? I'm not totally sure. I, I read his book. I still don't remember. Um and, and, and Nate was in the stands to watch him. And then Nate, you know, obviously becomes an assistant coach, volunteers, pays for his own fare, everything like that. You know, um, you know, and, and there's the stories of like Nate and Nick you know, hold up in basements in, in, in one summer in, in Iowa when they were trying to take over for the, the, the D League where Nick essentially talked some rich guy into starting a D League franchise in, in, in Des Moines, Iowa and in their second season together. They, they, they hole up in the basement and they drop all these plays um, on a theoretical theoretical plays on a whiteboard and then input them manually into like a Excel spreadsheet, which I'm not even sure how that would even work to to, to computerize the basketball plays through Excel. It sounds like um, the dilemma video with with Nelly, but uh, and Kelly Rowland using the Excel on the Sidekick phone to uh, to, to text where you at, but. Um, yeah, it's a great story, honestly. Nate's done a good job. Indiana just won against Orlando, uh, you know, in overtime tonight. They've had some nice wins. They're shorthanded, obviously, uh, because they made some trades and they've had some injuries. But 
Uh, Miles Turner is back for them. That's going to be a very tough game, but, uh, you know, listen, the Raptors have played Indiana quite well in the last couple of years, and I'm expecting a really competitive game, especially if Kyle is out there, which I expect him to be. So thanks, everyone, for listening. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, If you haven't already, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And, uh, yeah, I'll check back in on Sunday. Have a nice weekend, everyone. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.